Well, bless the Lord. I may get a little emotional this morning. I can't help but think of my dear dad. And uh, praise the Lord for Christian dad. Amen and amen and amen. How many of y'all want to finish faithful? You want to finish faithful. My dad didn't deny the Lord even to the last every breath as he was running his race. I want to finish faithful. And certainly, I know as a dad, many of us can look back on our life and see that maybe if we had things to do over again, we might have done a few things differently. We've only got one shot at this thing called fatherhood. And yet, I want to tell you that I don't want you to focus on the negative things in your past. Rather, I want you to think on what God is doing right now and what the Lord wants to do in the future. In fact, it reminded me of the story of Charlie Brown. Have you heard it? And Charlie Brown was playing baseball, and he's out in the field. And a high fly ball is hit to Charlie Brown. He calls off the other players, I've got it, mine! I've got it, mine. And as the ball is coming down into Charlie Brown's glove, it hits his glove and falls out, falls on the ground. Everybody on this team shouts, Charlie Brown, what in the world are you doing out there? Charlie Brown, why'd you drop the ball? And Charlie Brown looked at everybody and said, well, I got to thinking about all the balls I've ever dropped in my life in the past, and the past got in my eyes, so I dropped the ball. Hey, I want to tell you, there's a lot of dads sitting here today, and those listening, by the way, maybe a live stream or YouTube. Our live stream is torn up right now, but maybe YouTube. Anyway, I want to tell you, dads, don't let the devil keep the past reminding you of all of your failures of the past. You know why? How many believe that we serve the God of a second chance? Yes, we do. A God of a second chance. In fact, that's what the Lord said to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh. I love the book of Romans chapter 5. In verse 20, the scripture says, Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And I believe the Lord is calling some men today to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just keep on giving out. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. But look, today, if you know of a dad sitting here in the house of God today, uh, those who aren't dads need to encourage the dads. Ladies, whoever, you need to encourage the dads. Amen. Because I thank God for men who are Christians. And by the way, today the message and title is Faithful Fathers. Faithful Fathers. You know fathers can speak a blessing to your children that nobody else can speak. I don't know the last time if you've spoken a blessing to your children. But I want to encourage every dad in the house of God today to speak a blessing to your children and your grandchildren. We're going to talk about that today. Turn and stand to the book of Proverbs chapter 17. One verse, and I need your help this morning. One verse, Proverbs 17 and verse number 6. Look please at Proverbs 17. Solomon wrote as he was inspired by the Holy Ghost. I quoted it earlier, but for some reason I'm just going to use this this morning on Father's Day to develop a message entitled Faithful 
fathers, faithful fathers. And in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, notice, children's children are the crown of old men. That speaks of grandchildren. Children's children are the crown of old men. Read that with me. Children's children are the crown of old men. Read it again. But notice the next uh, part of that verse. And the glory of children are their fathers. And the glory of children are their fathers. Let's say that together. And the glory of children are their fathers. One more time. Do you believe that? You say, but I hadn't had a good dad. Well, I want to tell you something. God is the, the father, is the greatest father, and the most uh, uh, needful individual. God, if I could use that term individual, supreme being, that he's the best thing that you need today. And if, even if you didn't have a good earthly dad, I want to tell you, the Lord is able to restore the years the locusts have eaten. That's the book of... Uh, Joel chapter 2 and verse 25 and Malachi chapter 4 verse 6 says that the fathers will turn, God will turn the hearts of children to their fathers and the fathers to their children. I'm praying today for some breakthroughs. I'm praying today for some strongholds to come down. You say, but my dad did this and my father and I understand, but today is a new day and you can break the curse in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You don't have to continue to live the same way and say, well, I, 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 my dad wasn't a good, my dad was this, my dad was that. You, God has given you this life, and today the Lord is able to rebuild the broken down walls in our life. The glory of children are their fathers. Now, this may not be a biological father, but I'm convinced if you look around the house of God today, take a moment, look around. Has there been some men in your life that have really served as father figures in your life? I said, has there been some men in this church who really in some ways served as a masculine figure in your life? And I believe if you think long enough, you'd say yes. You'd say yes. Let's all join together and pray. I pray the blessings of God will be on you. I pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God will fall on this place. I'm praying the Lord will so loose us to become and be the men of God and the women of God and the children of God that God has called us in these tough times. Let's pray now. And uh, I wonder if I could do something. Brother Josh, would you come please? And I wonder, Brother Kenneth, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Would you give that, Brother Kenneth, please, real quick? Thank you, Brother. And Brother Kenneth, would you take us to God's throne of grace? What a blessing Brother Kenneth's been to me and to us as the church, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. Will you take us to God's throne of grace? Let's bow for prayer. Ask the blessings of the Lord on faithful fathers. what you've meant to us in our life, Lord. We can call you
Amen. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. All right. Let me share with you what the Lord's placed on my heart. I need you to follow me because we're going to take the word fathers, F-A-T-H-E-R-S, and develop an acrostic, F-A-T-H-E-R-S, fathers. And this is what the Lord has placed on my heart. I love Psalm 112, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and delighteth in his commandment. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. In the book of Ephesians 6, 4, Paul said, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, godly fathers, let's take this acrostic. And uh, what does the Bible say about Christian fathers? I mean, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And yet God's called us this calling to be providers, protectors, priests in the home. That reminded me of uh, one dear man came home. He had only been married a short time, just a few weeks. And he came home one day and he said to his wife, he said, Honey, why can't you cook biscuits like Mama? And she looked at him and said, Well, if you bring home dough like Daddy, I'll cook biscuits like Mama. All right? Anyway, so Christian fathers, what about Christian fathers? Let's go through this acrostic, F-A-T-H-E-R-S. And as I thought about it and prayed about it, fathers, fathers, F stands for faithful to the finish, faithful to the finish. We'll see that in a moment. A, and I'll tell you what A stands for in a moment. T-H-E and R, faithful fathers, faithful fathers fathers. Let's go to, for the sake of time, you'll have to write down these references because I want to share the narrative as we consider faithful fathers. First of all, notice faithful to the finish. It's not how you start in this race, it's how you finish the race. Here's a count in the book of Genesis 49. Jacob is uh, on his deathbed. You know what he does? I've had the privilege of being with a lot of dads. In fact, I just thought about it last night. Who've gone to be with heaven? I was going to finish the statement. Those who've gone on to be with the Lord. I've had a privilege even this year. My dad's with the Lord. Jeremy Melton's dad with the Lord. Josh's dad is with the Lord. Preached all their funerals. And Pless Hayes is with the Lord. Who else? Some of our men, fathers, who've gone on to be with the Lord. Those are just four that came to mind just within Last year, not even a year ago, just a few months ago, four faithful fathers finishing faithful. Jacob gathers his children around his bedside. He has how many children? Do you know? I ask you a question. How many has he got? Thank you. He's got 12 boys. And I want you to learn this. He speaks three different parts as he gathers. What, what will you tell your children when you get ready to go? I said, what will you tell your children when you get ready to go? You better go ahead and tell them now. Preach it on, brother. Preach it on. You better go ahead and tell them now because you might not have a chance to tell them later. But Jacob, in this case, he gathered his 12 sons around his bedside. What did he do? Number one, he spoke a word of correction to Reuben, Simeon, and Levi. Why did he speak a word of correction to Reuben, Simeon, and Levi? I'll tell you why. Because Simeon and Levi, if you recall, made Daddy Jacob's name to stink in the land. Why? 
because they took vengeance on the Shechemites. Why? Because the Shechemites, uh, Hamor, raped their sister Dinah. And they took vengeance on the Shechemites and slaughtered many of them. And so Jacob is gathering his sons, and Reuben being the oldest, of course, and he speaks a word, first of all, of correction. Secondly, if you'll notice, he speaks a word of commendation. Not only correction, commendation. To who? Joseph and Benjamin, remember? And Judah, the three boys. Joseph, Judah, and Benjamin. Why? Because, remember, Judah, out of his seed will come the, uh, the Savior, Shiloh, the promised one, Jesus Christ, would come from Judah, the seed, the uh, heritage of Judah. He speaks a word of commendation to Judah and then to Benjamin as well as Joseph. And you know how the Lord worked in their behalf as well. And then thirdly, he not only speaks a word of correction and of commendation, but he speaks a word of contemplation contemplation. To who? He speaks to the other boys, Gad and Dan and Asher and Naphtali and Issachar and Zebulon, the other six boys. He speaks a word of contemplation to them. So here's the point. The point is, fathers, if we're going to finish faithful, I believe, I really believe in the power of the spoken blessing. I need some help right there. I need somebody to help right there. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's say that together. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. One more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Time out. Be honest. Time out. Be honest. How many of you have ever spoken a real spoken blessing to your children? Not just you appreciate them, not that you love them, but spoke as you thought about it, you prayed about it, and God put it on your heart to speak into their life. Anybody? Maybe a couple of people have. I challenge you today, before you leave this place, to think about what God will have you to say to your children. How many believe time's running out? Time's running out. And you might not have a chance tomorrow. I might not have a chance tomorrow. What are you going to say to your children? Now look. Uh, the intention here is not to be negative, it's not to dig up all the bad things they've done, but the intention is where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Oh yes, so we can think of something God wants to speak into their life. So, here is the deal. A spoken blessing. Will you speak a blessing? Can I tell you what happened as I look back in retrospect? The Lord had me to write a book, and you're familiar with it, and I appreciate your prayers on it, Church Now, Kingdom Later. Actually, it was a dissertation working on the PhD. And so, but I little I know how God would use that. In addition to writing the book, the Lord put it in my heart in the first part of the book to write, and I had no idea, the foreword in regards to honoring my dad. I had no earthly idea. He was healthy and walking. He came to church. He was here just a few months ago. As far as uh, before he went to be with the Lord, he was at Dairy Queen. I sat with him and Billy Deason as we shared with the men's meeting there in Forsyth, Georgia, the Dairy Queen. And we all, me and my dad and Billy Deason sat at the table together talking and fellowshipping just a few months before the Lord. Guess what? The Lord 
allowed him and promoted him to be in heaven, but just a day or two afterwards, Billy Deason went to heaven. Here's two men I just sat with, one being my dad. Here's what I'm getting around to saying. My dad told me, oh, praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord had me to write that book. I'm convinced God allowed me to do it by His grace, and I gave it to my dad. My dad had taught Sunday school for years and years and years and was a great teacher. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, uh, he had not studied Bible prophecy that much in detail. And as you know, it was fairly much in detail concerning Bible prophecy, the kingdom of God. He read it three times. <laughs> Can you imagine? Three times. He read it three times, the book. Well, if you've looked at the book or read it, you know what it says. It has to do with the rapture of the church. It has to do with the glories of the judgment seat of Christ. It has to do with heaven and the millennial kingdom to come. It has to do with description of heaven, chapters after chapters and detail after detail. Imagine what the Holy Spirit of God was doing in my dad's heart as he was reading that book and referencing scripture. I tell you, I look back on it in retrospect, and in my personal opinion, I'm convinced the Lord was preparing him for heaven. I'm convinced of it. Look, to God be the glory. And you know what my dad said before he went to be with the Lord? He said this, and he had studied, he and I talked for hours about the rapture, hours about the judgment seat of Christ, hours about the tribulation, hours about the second coming of Christ, hours about things going on in our world and the apostate church in Revelation 17 and commercial Babylon in Revelation 18 and, and hours about the uh, millennial reign. What would it be like? What's it going to be like? We, we talk for hours until wait midnight hours. Can you imagine me staying to midnight talking about <laughs> the things of the Lord? Oh, and then about heaven and, and the description of Revelation 21 and 22. Well, I said that to say this. My dad said to me, and what he said to us before he went to be with the Lord, I guess I'm going to have to see the rapture from heaven. <laughs> In other words, he's not going to be here on earth. I'm looking for the rapture. Can I get a witness? I'm looking for the Lord to come again. I don't know when. Nobody knows, but I know this. It's soon. S stands for faithful to the finish. Then we come to this one, number A. A stands for available, available. And any dad knows you must be available for your children. You could put accessible. You could put adaptable, the three, triple A. Available, adaptable, accessible. And I get that, and I can't say that's original with me. I asked my dear preaching professor one time, Dr. Stephen Olford, who was a giant for God. He mentored Charles Stanley. He mentored Adrian Rogers. He mentored Billy Graham. Imagine God put him in in my life, and I went up to Dr. Olford, and I said to him, I said, Dr. Olford, I was asking him about his children, David and Jonathan. Dr. Olford's with the Lord now, but a great man of God, to say the least. I mean, you just, uh, the names I mentioned to mentor those men and Wow. But anyway, he looked at me and he said this, accessible, adaptable, and available. That's all he said. 
And, and, it, and the Spirit of God quickened that in my heart as he shared that with me. And I began to think about available, available. If you notice over in Psalm 103, if you can turn quickly, you can find it. But if you can't turn quickly, you won't find it quickly because I'm going to reference it. As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knows our frame. He knows we are but dust. As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knows our frame. He knows who are but dust. Available, available. How many dads know that your children sometimes will call at the most uh, inconvenient time? This means yes, this means no, this means I don't care. They'll call. Now, how many know that you better be available or you might miss the opportunity to talk and to minister? How many know what I'm talking about? Your dads, uh, you, you'll learn when your children get older, when they move out of the house and you don't hear from them quite as much as you do every day. You'll, you'll see, can I, can I get a witness? Thank you, Melissa. Uh, you'll see that, uh, you know, uh, that they are, but it's so good to see them in church, Brother Jackie. Isn't that a blessing? Hallelujah. I know that blesses your heart, and it blesses all daddy's hearts. Anyway, available, available. Lord, I want to be available. I want to be available. And by the way, our influence, you know, our children are listening to us more than often uh, what we say, they're watching what we do. I heard about a little boy on the lighter side. He's a little four-year-old boy. He's working on his tricycle, and he skins his little knuckle, and he runs inside, and his little knuckle skin. He said, Mama, I see Daddy working on the car, and when he skins his knuckle, what is that word he says? They're watching us. Hello, they're watching us. And uh, what comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. God help us. Uh, faithful, available. God help us. And then T, T. Notice, I'll come back to these in just a moment. Faithful fathers. S stands for what? Faithful to what? The finish. A stands for what? Available. And now let's go to number three. Faithful, available. And then T stands for, what do you think it stands for? You know, don't you? Say it. How about teachable or a teacher? How many know that a dad, a father's a real teacher, whether they're a Sunday school teacher or whether they're a pastor preacher or whether they're a school teacher? You know your dad taught you a lot of things, whether you, you know, admit it or not, but he is a teacher. He's a teacher. Now, over here in the book of Deuteronomy, you have to know the context. Moses is writing to the younger generation who's going to go into the promised land and it's the uh, ones who are preparing to enter in under Joshua's uh, conquest. But Deuteronomy is called the second law. Say that with me. Second law. Say that with me. Second law. And in Deuteronomy 6-7, the Lord instructs, Mo Moses instructs these, uh, these uh, Israelites and instructs us today, teach your children when you lie down. When you sit down, I'm paraphrasing, when you stand up, when you rise up, here's what I want you to remember. Our responsibility as dads is not only to teach them, but to show them, now watch, and then let them do it. I said, let them do it. I said, let them do it. Because if we're not careful, we become enablers. We teach them, we show them, but then we don't want them to do it. We want to help them do it. Dads, we got to back off and let them do it. Even if they mess up, they've got to mess up. Why? That's the way we learn. 
But no parent wants your child to mess up. I'm not just talking about three years old. I'm talking about 16 years old. I'm talking about 21 years old. I'm talking about 30 years old. I'm talking about all through life. Teach them, show them, and then let them do it. Here's the deal. Parents who are smothering when, when we become overbearing to our children. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's a positive and a negative that. The nurture, that's the training, instruction. Admonition is the warning. But here's, here's if we're not careful, we can become codependent parents. Are y'all with me today? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? This is very, very important because as a parent, we don't want to let out the line. We want to, if we're not, we want to control them because we're afraid. Y'all listen, we're afraid they're going to mess up and it'll make us look bad. I knew I wouldn't get many amens, but buddy, that's hitting the mark. I guarantee it's hitting the mark. The pride in us, and listen to me, once you get over your pride and swallow your pride and you care more about your children, the way it makes, the way it makes you look, the better you're going to be as a Christian dad. And this is, we all deal with this stuff. But, but here's, teach them, show them, and then let them do it. Let them do it. Turn them loose to do it. Even if they mess up, here's the key. Even if they mess up, I'm talking about even as a young adult. If we, uh, listen, rules without relationships equals rebellion. Did you write that down? Rules without relationships, uh, rules without relationships equals rebellion. Did you get that? Please write that down. Rules without relationships equals rebellion. Because I said so. Because I said so. Now, the greatest example to me as I was growing up and our children were younger, I didn't know what to do. I still don't. But I say, oh God, give me wisdom. Lord, you're the best parent there could ever be. As a father pitied his children, the Lord pitied them that fear him. He knows our frame. And I look in the pages of the Bible and I find out how my Heavenly Father relates to me. And then I say, Lord, so you want to, by your Holy Spirit, enable me to relate to my children. Oh, now I see it, Lord. There's some daddies right now that need to get to the altar. I said, there's some daddies right now, today, need to get to the altar and say, oh God, not my will, but your will. Lord, not I, but Christ that's in me. I've been trying in the flesh. Now look, when we're talking about teach them, show them, let them do it. I'm not just talking about teach them how to tie their shoe. I'm not just talking about teach them how to do their homework in school. I'm not just talking about how to teach them how to hit a baseball. I'm not just talking about how to teach them how to run a football. I'm not just talking about teaching them how to shoot a gun. I'm not just talking about teaching them how to fish for and catch fish. I'm talking about teaching them the things of God. I'm talking to you about passing down a lasting legacy. You say, my, my people, my children don't want to hear me preach. Well, bless God, they'll hear their friends preach. And you better be the one to preach to them. I don't mean that literally. I mean speak into them spiritual truth. Now, they may not want to hear it. And until they get to a certain age, they may not appreciate it. Can I get a witness, parents? 
Am I preaching to myself today? They may not want to hear it, may not want to acknowledge it, but one day they'll look back and say, thank God I had a daddy who loved me in spite of myself, and he wanted the best interest for me. He took a stand in love, and the Bible teaches whom the Lord loves, he chastens. That's where I learn about discipline. Nobody likes to discipline our children. Read Hebrews chapter 12, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, he chastises, he corrects. And then the writer to Hebrews said, if you're without chastisement, then you're not a son, you're a bastard, the King James, illegitimate child. In other words, if you can get away with sin and rebel against God and live in a lifestyle that uh, rejects the truth of God's word and uh, and turns your back on God, God says, you're not really a child of God. That was what God dealt with me about when the Lord saved me. I came to be a child of God, but my lifestyle indicated I was not a child of God. I was a child of the devil. It was a bitter pill to swallow, and many don't want to admit it. In fact, I talked with a young man Sunday night. We had a wonderful time Sunday night. I talked with a young man Sunday night, 17 years old. I asked him, has there ever been a point in time in your life when you've asked Jesus Christ to save you? He said, well, I was 10 years old. I went to this uh, children's thing, youth camp or something, and, and I was, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I was baptized. That's what he said, I was baptized. I said, well, I didn't ask you if you were baptized. I asked you were you born again. I asked you, did you really understand what it meant to be saved? He said, no, I really didn't. I said, well, why did you do it? He said, my friends would do it, and I just thought it was the right thing to do. I said, well, tell me about it. What did you do? Well, it was obvious he didn't really understand what it meant to be saved. So I took a few moments to share with him how he could have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I looked at him and I said, are you ready? Don't you think God wants you to uh, receive him as, his, as your personal Lord and Savior? He stands at the door and not. I shared with him all the scripture about sin and being lost and God sending his son and the blood of Jesus and shared with him all of that. And then I looked at him and I said, hey, are you ready? Don't do it if you're not ready. Don't do it for my sake. You need to uh, make sure that this is what God is speaking to you about. And he looked at me and he said this, I'm not ready yet. I said, thank you for being honest. But I said, I would to God you'd get ready real quick because time's running out. Time's running out. I thought about it yesterday. I don't know why. I began to think about some of the teenagers in the church. I began to think about my burden for some of them. I talked with some of them about their relationship with God. And I'll be honest with you, I can say this, please, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody at all. I'm just sharing the burden of my heart as your pastor. I begin to think, oh God, please spare them. Please give them time to be saved. Lord, don't let anything happen to them because we're not promised a tomorrow. And what we put off today, we might have to meet God tomorrow. Life is but a vapor, it appeared for a little while and vanished away. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Boast not of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And here's the deal. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? God is speaking. God is working. And time's running out. It's too late after you sent away your day of grace or after you uh, die and go out in eternity. It's too late. I asked the young man, I said, if you stood before God and God said, why should you let you into heaven, what would you say? He says, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, there's really one answer. And, and so anyway, I'm going to pray for him. You pray for him too. Teach them, show them, and let them do it, number one. And then let's quickly go to fathers, F-A-T-H-E-R. All right. We're on number one, stands for what? 
Faithful to the finish. Number two, A stands for what? Available. Number three, T stands for what? Teachable or teachers. Number four, H. Can I give you this? I thought about it. I prayed about it. I said, Lord, what would be a good word for H? You know what the Lord put on my heart? Honest. How many believe a Christian dad ought to be honest? A Christian dad ought to be honest. Look at this verse. I love this verse right here. Have you read this verse lately? It'll bless you. You really get blessed. The just man walketh in his integrity and his children shall be blessed after him. I love that. The just man walketh in his integrity. Let's say that together. The just man walketh in his integrity. Say it again. Integrity, character counts this day. We see all of the disparage, uh, deception and things going on and it turns us off. But wait a minute, the buck stops here. Am I honest? Are you honest? Just because they're doing it here and just because they're doing it here and just because it looks like they're getting ahead here and just because this is the way the world operates doesn't mean this is what God operates. The just man walketh in his integrity and his children shall be blessed after him. His children shall be blessed after him. Let's say that together. His children shall be blessed after him. Say it again. His children shall be blessed after him. How many believe that? If you don't believe that, you need to get saved. You need to get saved because God's word is true. And if you don't believe it, you got a lack of faith and you got unbelief and you need to get right with God. God said, the just man walketh in his integrity. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not perfect, and i got to get with the Lord and confess my sins and get God to cleanse me like I did this morning and like I'll do throughout the day. You probably have to do the same. Honesty. I love the account. My dad, <laughs> I still laugh today. We laughed about this. I laughed the other day. How many like to pay the IRS? Let me see your hand. Nobody likes to pay the IRS. My dad told me, and I think about it now when I sit down like I did the other day and write a check to the Internal Revenue Service. Now, if you're not self-employed, your employer usually pays all of your taxes. But when you're self-employed, you, you pay them and, and you end up having to write a quarterly check to the IRS. Done it for 30, 40 years now. You write a check to the IRS. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children should be blessed after him. My dad would tell me this. He would be sitting down right, fixing to write a check to the IRS. And my grandmother, who we call Granny, my grandmother would be standing there and she said he'd be writing a check to the IRS, griping and complaining the whole time. You know what my grandmother would say to him? Shut up, Bob, and write the check. <laughs> shut up, Bob, and write the check. Just shut up and write the check. Don't you like that? Every time I get that ready to write it, I think, oh, God, here's a, especially when I get to that dollar amount, I can almost hear my grandmother saying, shut up, Randy, and write the check, all right? Just write the check. Next time you start whining and griping about paying something, just shut up and write the check. So the just man walketh in his integrity, his children shall be blessed after him. I hear somebody saying, yeah, I hear that, preacher, but I don't know if I believe it or not. Well, you, you need to trust God. And, and it doesn't mean everything, watch this, y'all look up here. It doesn't mean everything always goes the way you and I want it to go. God has a plan and a purpose. I'm not God and you're not God. And the sooner we resolve that issue, the better off we are. 
See, we want to play God and say, ah, oh, but preacher, you say every, uh, the just man walking his tiger and his children, that means this, this, and this, and this. That may not mean this, this, and this, and this. God is sovereign. God is on his throne. God has a plan. God works on his timetable. Oh, yes, he does. And so I think we try to play God. Don't you think so? I think that's our problem. We try to play God. We get enough of the Bible and learn enough of the Bible where we start thinking we're God. We're not God. I'm not God. You're not God. We're not God. Now, God's got his promises. How many know we've got to trust the Lord? We're not God. The sooner we resolve that issue, it'll save us from a lot of heartache and a lot of hardships. I believe that. Come on. We've got to go. F-A-T-H-E-R. F stands for what? Faithful to the finish. A stands for what? Available. T stands for what? Teachable. H stands for what? Honest. E. E stands for eternal life. Nothing like being a Christian dad. If you're not saved today, that's the greatest need you've got. Nothing else is going to bring you happiness. Y'all look at me. You're not happy today. You know why? Because your sins may not be forgiven. That's why you're not happy. Because you're not in a relationship with the Heavenly Father. That's why you're not happy. In the world, you can try this, that, and the other. How many know you can try everything in the world and still come away empty? Until you experience a relationship with our Heavenly Father, even though I'm unworthy and we're all unworthy, but it's His grace alone, it's His faith alone and Christ alone, it's His love, His forgiveness of our sin, washing it away, putting it in the depths of the sea, behind His back, remembering it no more, making us sons and daughters, adopting us in His family, sealing us by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, and, oh, and preparing a place for us in glory, you and I will never experience real joy and happiness until we come to experience the very reason we were created, and that is to have a relationship with the God that made us. And so uh, other ways we try to meet the needs, it's not going to happen. This is the record that God has given us eternal life. This is the record. God has given us eternal life. This life is in His Son. He that has the Son has life. He that has the Son has life. Say that with me. He that has the Son has life. But he that has not the Son of God has not the life. These things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So, let's go through this again. And we've got two more and we're done. F stands for what? A stands for what? T stands for what? Teachable. H stands for what? Honest. E stands for what? Eternal life. R I could put a lot of things for R, but I thought about this. You know where I'm going with this. The rapture. R stands for the rapture. Yes, I believe that we ought to teach our children, no doubt, Jesus Christ is coming. I used this text, could have used a number of texts, but this is one my dad specifically liked. He said in the book, he said, Randy, that is the, to me the most prominent passage that you've used in the whole book in regards to Jesus Christ coming again and going to prepare a place for us in the Father's house and in relation to a Jewish bride and a groom and our relationship with the bridegroom Jesus, the rapture, the pre-tribulation view before the tribulation, he said, really, I like this verse better than any. And that's why I used it. In my Father's house, so many mansions, say it with me. In my Father's house, so many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. F stands for what? We're almost done. Faithful. You want to be faithful? How many want to be faithful? A stands for what? Available. Maybe you felt like uh, that your children don't come around. They hadn't called. They hadn't sent you a card. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I dare say there's a lot of dads in the house of God today that probably feel used or abused or feel like you're not really appreciated and loved. I guarantee you, uh, probably majority of the men right here, uh, you know heard the saying, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. When daddy ain't happy, nobody cares. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When my daddy wasn't happy, buddy, you better watch out. <laughs> I don't know about your daddy, but when my daddy wasn't happy, look out. You better watch out, because when my day, he hardly ever lost it, but when he lost it, buddy, you better run. I mean, quick. Anyway, so available and teachable and teachers and honest and eternal life and the rapture. Come, Lord, even so come. S, I can't leave without this last word. And I believe every daddy here, I know your heart. I'm close with a lot of y'all. Y'all know that, don't you? Being your pastor all these years. I love and appreciate you. I really mean that. Boy, we fought some battles together. We've been in the trenches. We've uh, seen God do great things to him be glory. There's more battles to fight. How many agree with me on this? A faithful dad is going to be a servant. A servant. My dad taught us to serve. A servant. I could use this text, but I use this. I could use Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and 26, where Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve, lay down my life a ransom for many. Jesus came as a servant. Faithful fathers are servants of the Lord. I wrote this down because this is one of my favorite passages in the, in the New Testament. A father had two sons, and the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portions of good that fall to me. Give me what's mine inheritance. I'm out of here. Give me the portions of good that fall to me. He divided unto them his living. There was an older boy, a younger boy. And he took his journey into a far country. There wasted his substance. Wasted. He blew it. He blew it. He blew it. He wasted his substance with riotous, all the money he had, his inheritance. He wasted his substance with riotous living. When he spent all, there rose a mighty famine in the land. He spent all. He blew it. There rose a mighty famine in the land. He went and joined himself, the word joined means glue, to a citizen of that country. And the citizen of the country sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now, a Jewish boy wouldn't touch a hog with a 10-foot pole. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man did give unto him. And when he came to himself, he came to himself. Watch what he said. He repented. He said, I don't know everything. Boy, that's a happy day for a dad, isn't it? It's a happy day for me. I can relate to the old prodigal boy. I've been there as a boy. Yes, one step away from God. That's all it is. He said, I, he came to himself. He said, I will arise and go back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven before thee. No more worthy be called thy son. Are you listening? Say amen if you're listening. Make me as one of thy hired servants there was plenty of food on the table at daddy's house he's eating hog food everything saying go home boy get home man he could taste them biscuits at his dad's house his father's house he rose and was a great way off i love this he arose oh so anybody needs to get out of the hog pen today he arose great way off his father saw him 
had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. The Greek language means kept on kissing him. Here's a boy who hadn't had time to take a shower. He stinks like a hog pit. And kissed him. And he rehearsed his speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven before thee, and I can hear the dad interrupt him. Quick! Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Ring on his hands. Shoes on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. My son was lost, but he's found. He was dead, but he's alive. Tell me about it today. Do you want to finish faithful? Do you want to finish faithful? I wonder right now if you'd stand to your feet. How many dads would say, you know...